Hey everybody, Mark here. Thanks so much for joining us today on this really fun episode of the Mendel Midweek Podcast. We have Matt and Josh on as well as a live studio audience for reals this time. So if you'd like to join us down here on Tuesdays as we're recording this, we'd love to extend that invitation to you, whether that's just watching along, or if you want to get more involved helping us edit or produce or record these podcasts as well, we'd love to have you. You don't need any experience required, but you will need a heart for God to say, yes, I want to help make a difference in those that are listening in the Bay Area and beyond. We've gotten some great feedbacks of the encouragement and the tools and tips that this is giving people uh, that are listening with how to approach some of the harder things in life, how to read the Bible better, or even how to have conversations with friends and coworkers at work uh, that don't know Jesus yet. And so if you would like to make this ministry your ministry, we want you to do that as well. So we'd love to invite you to do that. We record on Tuesday mornings and would love to have you whenever you're available. So we recognize that we can't do what we're doing here with online without your help, whether that's your time or giving uh, and your generosity there. We honestly can't do anything in this ministry without your support. So thank you so much for joining us and let's get into this week's Menlo Midweek. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Menlo Midweek podcast. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. We have two guests with us today. <laughs> we have Matt Summers. Hey there. I saw the, the wheels spinning trying I know. to think of a clever nickname. Do you have one? You're just used to Rochelle being here. I know. That's true. Rochelle's better Rochelle half. Rochelle's better half. Yep. Mm -hmm. Rochelle <laughs> Summers' husband. <laughs> and we also That's have true. Kristen's husband, That's Joshua. Right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah. Hey. So Joshua Horton is here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us about your campus and what you do there. Yeah. So Joshua Horton, uh, Director of Student Ministry at our Menlo Park campus. So I work with middle school and high school. I've been here like almost two years or so. Yeah. That was a confident yeah. answer. I was like, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Menlo years are like dog years. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, just, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if you're here during COVID. Yes, that yeah. too. Definitely. Uh, my name is Matt Summers. I am the campus pastor at Menlo Church Mountain View by way of Menlo Church Online, by way of Menlo Church South City. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, And I have been here uh, coming up. It's going to be four years in February. Oh so yeah. Wow. Feels like a really long time. That feels... Too short for you and too long for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at yeah. Matt when I said too short yeah. and Josh when yeah. I said too long. Yeah. Wait. Well, for the audio. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And why do we have two guests this weekend? Because we had teaching at each Ooh. campus to kick off our Christmas at the movie series. Yes. Which is awesome. So fun. Yeah. But before Christmas, let's give a little bit more space to Thanksgiving. Mm. Before yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. let's give a little space to Mark's birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a thing that happened. In fact, oh. let's go back to summer. Let's might you? as well. Let's keep mm. going. And if we're yeah, going there, going let's go back, back to my birthday. That's right. Yeah. It all comes around. It all yes. comes to Jess's yeah. birthday. Thank you. Yes. But thank you, everyone, for the birthday wishes. It Did was you great. have a good birthday? I had a great birthday. What did you do? Uh, I woke up in slow, which was just nice. beautiful. Uh, had a little bed and breakfast there. Where Missy felt like she was living um, <laughs> her best Gilmore Girls life. Cool. And it was also my birthday that day. So that was great. Got Perfect. some coffee, drove down to LA after that to see my parents, and then just hung out. We had an awesome dinner where my brother and my dad went out the week before and caught lobster. Mm. So we had some fresh lobster tail for dinner. That's it was mm. such a treat. I haven't had lobster in, I don't know, so ever, mm. maybe. So mm. good. It was fantastic. So, so. Nice. Can I ask you a lobster question real quick? <laughs> Asking the wrong guy, but sure. <laughs> I just need to know. Let's hear what happens. Because it's my understanding that yeah. on the West Coast, the lobsters don't have claws. Right. Okay. We have the California oh, spiny yeah. lobsters. Yes. They don't, they got they little don't hands. Have the claws. They don't have the big claws. So, East Coast oh. guy here, I'm mm -hmm. like, 
I'm like ex- almost exclusively a claw man. Mm. Um, like when like we, in your consumption or yeah. just in your fan? Well, that's your new title. A little, a little <laughs> bit of claw man. A claw man. There's not a claw. I call, don't want If it. this was Inspector okay. Gadget, I would be Dr. Claw. Like that's how much oh I love claws. There, the, Thank you. The lobster rolls I have had, they've been all hot. Claw mm-hmm. meat with hot drawn butter on them. Oh. So out mm. here, you know, what do they do on the West Coast? It's mostly just chopped, chopped tail, and then it's all tail. Yeah, interesting, yeah. Mm. interesting. I'm gonna have to try it at some point. I have not tried West Coast lobster. Yeah, I don't know where a good spot to get it is. Half Moon Bay. Oh, probably. Well, okay. mm, well yeah, more, I guess. Yeah, they're mm. more known. No, yeah. I guess that's north. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about lobster. That was so. Lobster Corner. Yeah. Thank you. Mark and Matt. Thank now, you out of the Lobster Shack, back into back to Thanksgiving. Back to Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, uh, Matt? Really good. good. Um, yeah, we, we took a drive out of town mm-hmm. uh, for the days leading up to Thanksgiving on yep. that Tuesday. And we went to Universal Studios for the first oh, time yeah. ever, which was great. You know, yeah. And I had grown up you know, watching all the great Nickelodeon shows as a kid. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm finally here. Well, you know, Universal under the umbrella. I think they filmed it in Orlando, but you still feel like you you're there when you're, you're in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, and it was incredible. We had a really good time. Kids had a great time. Uh, we... We did pay for early access to go to Super Nintendo World, nice. and I would 10 out of 10 recommend that if you yeah. intend on going there, because it's not very big, and it does get crazy, yep. but it's totally worth it. So I'm going for New Year's that. Eve. Yeah. Oh, so so I haven't been to the Mario yeah, World yeah. yet. It's great. Well, you sent me that video. I didn't watch it, because I didn't oh, want it to be spoiled. Oh, you don't want to spoil it. Yes, like, yeah. I just know. Yeah. And then we drove back and had Friendsgiving at a dear yeah. friend's house, and she uh, she just cooks up an entire feast and nice. does not allow us to bring any food or any sides, oh. and she just hosts, and it's wonderful. That's it's awesome. really wonderful. That's great. Yeah, so it was a good week for us. Yeah. That's How was cool. yours? It's great. I uh, I have two brothers and their wives and kids who live in Birmingham, Alabama, so I went out to Birmingham, and... Uh, what my wife and I did, and it was awesome. Just got to be Uncle Josh and Aunt Kristen Aww, for the week, fun. and yeah, that's great. Yeah, they're at a sweet age where they just like have so much personality, and um, so we took some of the boys fishing. We did lots of. I mean, it was just so good. Did that's a tea great. party for my niece's birthday, and I was a server with a French accent, I, like wore a, a suit and Very held nice. a little towel. It was <laughs> awesome. Feels they like will you're... remember Uncle Josh doing that for yeah. a yep. very long time, yeah. if not their yeah. entire lives. That's awesome. Yeah. Later, my mom asked if they liked it, and they were like, we don't like Uncle Josh in French mode, is what they said. <laughs> so oh. they were like, I Maybe think the, for the one time, they were like, that works, but no more French <laughs> mode. Which I was using, um, I think, a British accent, actually, at the time. Uh, so yeah, yeah. French mode, though. Feels like no you're go. a big theater guy based mm-hmm. off of in your message. You also <laughs> yeah. gave a little. You did. I think yeah, I just like attention. Um, oh. And yeah, <laughs> that's more okay. what it is. We can dive true, deeper into true that. To yeah. <laughs> true to form. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's tradition here for guests to bring gifts if yep. they choose to so yep. that they can decorate. If you're watching on YouTube, our beautiful cube shelf behind us, or if you're just listening, it is full of things that people have brought us. And some of them are really cool. Some of them are really interesting. Like Matt Stefan brought us a old laundry detergent thing. But the story behind that's great. <laughs> I was going to say, so, yeah. Um, it's my understanding you guys brought gifts? Yeah. yeah. So um, some people might or might not know that Missy Morinishi has recently yes. joined Menlo staff, Ooh. Mark's wife. She's wonderful. And um, an she issue is that she's been running into is that her key fob around campus nice. doesn't have full access that she needs. Yeah. And I had an extra key oh fob um, that does have full access. And so this is both a gift and a test to see if Missy listens to the podcast. 
Oh. Because she's only going to know that it's down here if she listens. I was going to say, are you just so being rude and like, we're just going right to put it here and she's no. not going to know about it. It's a test. <laughs> That's incredible. See. Yeah. That's so, a great right. gift. Yeah. Do I put it on the shelf? Uh, you can leave do it. We do it. We can do it after. Yeah. yeah you can I'll leave put it, there. it right here. Yeah. Perfect. She'll have to retrieve it while the, while the show is live. I think if, if she's listening, like <laughs> yeah. you, you oh, can yeah. only come and That's get really it when, when we're live. That's really so. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Pleasure. That's fantastic. Uh, it is Christmas, and so I thought I would bring a lump of coal for Christmas. It's a very small lump of coal. That's what that is. But I was like, what? This is okay. not any ordinary piece of coal. Of course oh. it's not. This is a piece of coal that was retrieved from the Titanic. What? It was actually Stop pulled it. out of the Titanic. <laughs> yes, it was. Why do you have this, that? It was gifted to me by my mentor and dear friend of mine. He had, uh, he had taken a trip and I guess they had uh, gone over where the wreckage was. And it, I don't know, he did some sort of like in-depth, you know, thing where they delved into titanic history he did a deep dive he did a deep uh, dive yeah. <laughs> so here's a lump of coal from the titanic wow. there you have it it's literally wow. from the titanic it's literally from the titanic it says right My here this coal blown right now which is know, a limited yeah. piece of history remains the only authentic artifact recovered from the titanic's wreck site available for purchase wow well, wow, a new bar has been set. And here it is. <laughs> Get Are a lump you of coal that and Matt went after you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I brought a key fob. <laughs> yeah. Missy's not allowed to steal this. Call. Just yeah. to be clear. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Well, yeah. The good thing about this last message was that there's still hope for us all, even <gasps> if you brought a key fob. Segway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Smooth. There he is. So we're kicking off our Christmas at the Movies series with Miracle on 34th Street, which. Yeah. Um, I learned that Josh had never seen until preparing for this message. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that Matt has never seen the original or the remake? The remake, the 1994. Okay. Um, there's actually two old school black and white versions. One, one from the 50s. Yes. Too. Yeah. And I watched both of those, uh, oh. but I had never, I've never seen the 94 one still to this day. What well, okay. was the one that you worked off then? What year was that? Depends uh, on who you ask. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. I 1947. was 47. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Was, okay. Wow, I don't think I yeah, realized But I don't know three. if everyone yeah. did that. I'm guessing the plots were the same? I don't know. I've yeah. only seen one. Cool. Yeah. Well, okay. I just watched the 1997 one last night. So I, and I would re-listen so to your So you can message. summarize the movie well, for us. Well, I want to hear what you guys said, because listening okay. to your message, Josh, again, this morning, I was like, there seems to be differences yeah. in some of the things. So oh, I think you should summarize what you watched, and then I'll tell you what was different about the 97 one. Okay, yeah. Okay. It sounds like maybe somebody watched it kind of with the same eyes as mine, and we're like, we got to update some yes, stuff exactly. here. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's... Thanksgiving Day Parade, Macy's Picture Thanksgiving it. Day New York Parade. City. Picture it. Color hasn't even I, been invented I need you to do in the voices. world yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I wonder what it was those like might back come then. at some point. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So color has not been invented yet. Mm. Santa is walking around the parade for a reason that we're not quite sure. At least I'm not quite sure based on how tuned in I was at the beginning of the movie. That was also not clear in the 1997 movie. Like, why is Santa here? He should be busy at this time like, of year. It literally. This is peak yeah. season. And just to <laughs> confirm, this is literal Santa. Correct. Chris Kringle. No, well, we don't know that yet, actually. We don't, but we don't know we that don't yet. Know that yet. Okay. So Chris Kringle's walking around. He sees uh, the person who's supposed to play Santa in the parade, and he is under the influence, and that mm. will not stand. Same as 97. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Booze still exists in 1997, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, somebody sees him, mm-hmm. the person who's in charge of the parade, Doris. She sees him and she's like, you got to do it. You look just like him. And he's like, well. So he does it. 
he does such a good job. They're like, you got to work at Macy's and be our Santa. And he's like, yeah, I got time. Yeah. <laughs> right before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So he's the mall Santa. Mm-hmm. But kids keep coming up to him and they're like, I want this thing. And he's like, that's great. It's down the street at Gimbel's. Because apparently Santa, at this in this age and time, buys gifts from department stores instead of making them at the mm-hmm. toy shop. Okay. There's maybe a <laughs> production issue. So they go to Gimbel's. The people are, like, amazed at Macy's generosity that they'd send people away. Mm. Um, and Macy's and Gimbel's are like, how do we profit off of this? We got to keep Santa at all costs. Meanwhile... He's claiming that he's the real Santa, and there are people, including Macy's has a a psychiatrist who works at Macy's. He's like sure. early HR department, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, who gives him a test to see if he's the real Santa. But for some reason, this psychiatrist is very tightly wound. He's really mad. He's hostile. He's hostile. And he's like, this guy needs to be institutionalized. He should be fired. But they don't want to fire him because they're making a lot of money mm. off of his anti-consumerist agenda meanwhile doris she's conflicted she doesn't believe the powers above her saying you got to keep her on and her daughter susan yep is doesn't believe in santa she's a realist she's been raised by doris to be a realist Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. but chris is like this is my target i gotta help her believe in the real christmas yep fred who's their neighbor who hangs out with susan without Doris and Fred really knowing each other. Yeah. Different world, different time. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, They share an apartment building together. Yeah. Anyways, Fred totally believes he's a lawyer. And as this escalates, Santa, Chris Kringle, he's sent to the New York State Supreme Court Mm -hmm. where he's at risk of being institutionalized. Wow. Fred represents him. The U.S. Postal Service saves the day by bringing in a bunch of letters and being like, see, Santa's real. And the judge is like, well... Re-election or not, you're right. <laughs> End of movie, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, he sort anything? of declared, declared Santa. Um, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a scene at the end uh, with the, the house, but no spoilers. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. scene at the end. Yeah. So Doris and Fred, they're, they, they don't see eye to eye on this. This is something I talked about. And they don't see eye to eye. She's a realist. He's not. Um, but in the end, they end up falling in love. Yeah. It seems that way. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Or and then they're going to buy, buy a house, house together. together. <laughs> Which is Susan's confirmation that Santa is real. Yeah. She wished for a house. Yes. And at the end, they find the house. Oh, yeah. And this was yeah. cute. The His cane, right, is sitting in is the sitting house in at the, the end. House, yes. So yeah. Susan knows that it was Santa mm. who gave her the house mm. that she maybe, he maybe bought at Macy's. Who knows uh, he how he have, got the house? I mean, yeah, it's possible. It's you can still to go tell. to that house. It's on Long Island, actually. It's in Great Neck. Oh, that's yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a really yeah. cool little house. The cane's probably gone, though. <laughs> Who, I mean, you never wow. know. You never I mean, know. we've got yeah. coal from a Titanic. You never know. <laughs> Anything's what's possible. There. The cane's probably still there. <laughs> so there's, Amazing. yeah. Thank you. My viewing of the movie yeah. was your was that pretty. In it's line? like generically the same, <laughs> okay. but instead of Macy's, it's called Coles, but not like the K O H L we know. It's C O L E. Which I was like, when did the oh. KOHL oh. come up? Because this was ninety seven. Okay. Was I wonder if in nineteen forty seven, if there was no like, you could use any name yeah, without probably. like patent <laughs> infringement or whatever. Not yeah. patent, but trademark. Yeah. Mm. It was pretty know. much the same. Santa goes, uh, to, jail, because so there's the competing store. I don't remember if it was Gimbel's though. 
and they want to get the Santa out of the way because he's taking all the customers to Kohl's. So they take the original Santa who was drunk at the beginning to make the Chris Kringle mad. So he attacks him. So he hits it like he takes his cane and he goes to hit him. But the guy puts his hand up. So he just hits his hand. But then he's like, whoa, and he like falls back to the ground. And there's like a photographer just happens to be there. And the two like bad guys from the gimbal store like you beat him. We watched you. And so he gets arrested. And that's Mm. when Fred comes in to be his lawyer. Um, hmm. and what was the other big difference? Oh, so the way it ends is like the, the girl, Susan gives the judge a card, a Christmas card with a dollar bill in it. And this is the movie you guys should have used because yeah. it literally talks about God. It gives a bill with a, a or it gives a card with a dollar bill in it. And it circles the part where it says in God, we trust. And so the whole judge is like, the whole American institution was built on this God that is invisible, but we believe in him. And yet, and so here we are with this Santa who is here hmm. and we believe in him. So they both work. And so you're free to go basically oh, something like that. Oh, so, and then it did end that her wishes was to have a dad, a house and a baby brother. And she, the Susan and Fred Santa makes them get married at a Catholic church on the spot. Oh, he, so Fred Does proposes. He officiate, Santa officiates no. the wedding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fred cool. proposes, also a yeah. but like doesn't. She says no, and then like this happens like a week later. Santa sends both of them a card to go to this Catholic church on Christmas Eve, and the priest is there, and they start playing the wedding march, and they just get married on the spot, even though a week ago she said no. So then she's like, the wow. next morning huh. she wakes up, she's got Christmas presents, and she has a new dad that she just finds out about. <laughs> yeah. And they go for a drive. They get the house Whoa. because Macy's, or not Macy's, Coles. Coles gave them a big bonus so she could afford to buy this house. Mm. And then they were like, well, what was your last gift? And she turns around and she's like, a baby brother. And they're like, <gasps> and that's how that ends. Like that <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Well, that's the end of our podcast. Yeah, a different take. So after hearing all that, how do you even approach, like, there was the topic of hope that was kind of centered on and on all the talks this weekend. What was your process like? And was that a collaborative thing? And how I'm curious to see how I know because I was at Mountain View at, at 830 and then I was at um, Menlo Park, mm-hmm. the similarity and differences between your messages. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how the ideas originated, and then I'd love for you guys to summarize your message, and then we can kind of see what was similar and then what you pulled out uniquely. So Matt, why don't you start? Sure. It was a highly collaborative process, I would say. Uh, Each person who was involved in the teaching got to speak into the process. We met together. We talked it out. Um, I think we really did begin with the... We knew that we would be preaching... Uh, you know, we'd be centered on this idea of hope because of Advent. And we knew that we would be doing an at-the-movie series. And I think, like, sometimes there are instances in which if you're preaching from a movie, there can be, like, this cringeworthy sort of, like, oh, do we have to preach about a movie? And Mm -hmm. it was like, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're preaching from the text, but we're going to leverage the truth that's embedded within the movie as Mm -hmm. well and see how it complements the text. And so that's kind of the process in which we started from. And, yeah, everyone got to speak into it. And so the centering Mm -hmm. principle, the centering idea was... 
you know, Phil put us on to this thing called the key principle. And it's like, hey, mm. this is the thing we're going to stick to. Yep. Um, the main idea, the big, keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's what we're going to preach from. Uh, and keep the text, the main thing as well. And we're going to preach from that. And then uh, gave an outline format. And then how we walk through that, um, we had sort of permission to deviate and have a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And so there were deviations there. But we... Our takeoff, ascension, and landing were all pretty pretty similar, I think, on, on how mm -hmm. we did that. So cool. pretty consistent across the board. Yeah. What was the takeoff? What was the ascension? What was the landing? Mm -hmm. For those that might have missed it. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I'm not, I've not heard yours, so I'm... I, uh, I I listened to yours on on 1.75 on YouTube. So oh, that, I yeah, bet yeah. that's probably the yeah. ideal speed. With yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Me too. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah mine's not listed, sometimes. so you, I have to send it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what the what the takeoff. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the KP was, you know, hope, the key principle, I'm sorry, hope requires rebellion yeah. against yes. our anxious age. That's mm -hmm. right. That was yeah. the big, you know, teaching point. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then we had, uh, you know, we just talked about, we, we opened it and then said, what is hope? Uh, why do oh, I yeah. need it? And how do I get it? Do I get we it? had to answer <laughs> those three things. Yeah. I remember that. Was, yeah. that, was, that was a softball for we're everybody. Bu we're busy people here. I guess. Just you <laughs> use the, the framework you use yes. to set up the framework, like the ascension thing. I was like, whoa, he thought more about this than I did. But it was the same thing. I have not we're ascended. <laughs> I'm not ascended. Yeah. It just sounded fancy. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, it was a really cool process because usually... It's it's sort of um, like you're you're kind of like cooped up working on something by yourself, and so mm. um, there were definitely stretching parts of working on it all together. And mm -hmm. that, like, I think maybe we took a couple things directions that not each individual person would. Yeah. But I think it was also strengthened in a lot of ways mm. by this collaborative thing that you know ideas came out that I wasn't expecting that yeah. I'm sure you weren't expecting. So, and I would add to that too. One of the things that happened organically, even though we didn't name it is that every individual who is preaching, mm -hmm. they're a part of their campus and they're a part of their context. And so they sort of yes. know what people are thinking about, what they're praying mm -hmm. about, what they're struggling yeah. with. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so we're able to speak into that. You talked about the Menlo Park <laughs> life cycle, yeah, which yeah. you listen in. Like that's that's only something that you could have preached about at this place. Mm -hmm. And like, that's wonderful. Um, so it while we did sort of cook it together, we naturally said, like, without even realizing it, hey, we're still going to preach from a place that feels authentic and local and connected to where we are. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. So you deviated with the Menlo Park cycle. Mm -hmm. um, let's give a little bit more space to that, because I thought that was a really interesting insight that you have uniquely um, as you're working with our students and as you can kind of see the, the tensions that we can feel, uh, we being people that might not have might not be involved in students' lives as closely yeah. as you are. I can imagine something like that, but I'm, I thought that the framework you provided was a very great way to name what I was feeling. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> the life cycle essentially is um, that there's a, a really, there's a kind of a, an intense anxiety around making sure that kids are in the best possible schooling as early mm -hmm. as possible, which I think is a really good desire. When I have kids, I'll want them to have the best schooling possible. But it's kind of, it feels like this escalating tension mm. or this escalating anxiety where it's like, get into the best school. So I even left this out. There's like an anxiety around getting into the best like private high school mm -hmm. for a lot of families in the area. Yeah. Like they have to apply. I'm filling out like a million references for eighth graders sure. who like shouldn't have 
a ton of character to begin with. They're in I, eighth grade. I had yeah. to fill out a Montessori recommendation yeah. once. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I was like, wow, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, okay. the purpose of this is is to form them. <laughs> they shouldn't be mm. formed going in. But anyways, yeah. so there's that. And then the escalating pressure to get into a great college, to maybe go to grad school or to get an amazingly paying job so that you could possibly afford to move back to Menlo Park and make your kids do it all over <laughs> again. Mm. And... I talked to high schoolers about it and just, I asked that question, like, don't you think there's more to life than this cycle? Do you want to be, not that there's anything wrong with being in Menlo Park. I love Menlo Park. Mm -hmm. And I I think that there's so much good happening here. But if we're just caught up in that without stepping back to say, like, what what is life really about? Then Mm. I think we miss a lot. And it puts this crazy pressure on teenagers, especially that um, I think the way that it ends up happening here a lot is you'll hear students say, my parents don't actually pressure me that much. But it's like, um, you know, when you're in the ocean and a wave kind of comes over the top of you and you're, you're under the water and you're kind of tumbling around. And it's not like a wave is at that point when you're tumbling, it's not like a wave is holding you down, but it's like you still can't get up because mm-hmm. you're caught in the, the flow of it all. I think that's how students feel is like, hmm. Parents aren't holding them down or holding the pressure, but they feel it from everything. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, I have to be a part of this cycle. Otherwise, I'm broken or wrong. And yeah. that's heavy for yeah. teenagers. Yeah. 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 Wow. And timely. Yeah. Very timely. Yeah. And yeah. so as you were diving deep into the Menlo Park cycle, Matt was giving Christmas tree puns. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they were names, really. They were, yeah. they were names. Like I designate. Chris Pine? No, oh, my God. I didn't even have that one, I'll be honest. Okay. It's, it's on the list. I had Warren Sapling. Oh, nice. He was was a that big a boy. real person? <laughs> Uh, Warren Sapp was a former uh, defensive tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. These are yeah. real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was, I mean, I know Chris Pine is real. Yeah. This yeah. was yeah. pulling us into your message about Christmas, yes. and you were showing a slideshow of Rochelle and, I don't know, was it Soraya maybe? Soraya, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. In your house in New York. Yes. And it was through the years of your different Christmas trees? Yes. And our okay. house in New York had very high ceilings, so we would get these giant Christmas trees. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating, like 16-foot ceilings. So I cut down like a 15-foot, 300-pound tree, and it oh. was Warren Sapling. And dra- I have, <laughs> Oh, so you named the trees. Yes, Warren Sapling, uh, Bark Wahlberg, uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood. And Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley would be a good yeah. one, actually, too. Oh, uh, Spruce Lee. Spruce Lee. Was oh, that's pretty so, yeah. nice. Yeah, he was I lean and mean. I hereby name yes. my Christmas tree Chris Pine, for yes, sure. That's actually yeah. a good I think one. I want to yes, put a yeah. picture of that's him on the top, one, yeah. too. You should so, yeah. As the angel? <laughs> yes. So, yes. I did open with, you know, Christmas tree. Uh, getting into the Christmas spirit involves getting a Christmas tree. But I did also, um, I, did, I was also thinking a lot about the congregation and what people are thinking about, praying about, and struggling with. And for me thinking about Mountain View and where we're situated. We're so close to so many tech companies. Mm-hmm. You're very mm-hmm. close to uh, Cupertino, Apple, uh, Mountain View, Google, and uh, Netflix and Los Gatos. And I was like, I was thinking about the things that plague people into despair and despondency. And as I was p- putting this together, thinking about the conversations I've had over the last six months, one guy in particular was standing out to me. He's like, uh, yeah, my manager put a, one, a 15 minute one-to-one on my calendar on Thursday afternoon which never ever happens. And I logged onto the call and he's like, hey, today's, today's your last day. Sorry, it's not personal. And oh like, God. that was like the end of it, you wow. know, after being years with a place. Ugh. And like, that has happened a lot this yeah. year to a lot of different yeah. people. Um, and so ha- when you're being assailed by things that, you know, make you hopeless, mm-hmm. how do you respond? 
Are you able to still find hope in the midst of it? Because if you're not, you're just going to find ways to cope. Yeah. So, yeah. How is hope rebellious? Yeah, something we talked a lot about kind of in the preparation phase. So that, that idea came from a quote from a, a Christian sociologist, Jürgen Moltmann. And uh, his quote was, uh, hope is anticipated joy, anxiety is anticipated terror, mm-hmm. is where that came from. And mm-hmm. so we were thinking a lot about, like, what does it mean to live in a hopeful way uh, in a world of anxiety where not necessarily clinical anxiety, but more just like this, this kind of like, I can only like do it with my, I can show it with my body. You know, it's this like, I I, I have to get, it's the shaky, like, how do I get ahead? How do I do more? How do I get more? How do I be more? Um, and hope really works in the, in, uh, resistance to that because hope says it's Mm. actually not about what I do. Um, Christian hope is it's about what God has done for me. Mm. So in Christian hope, there's, in every way that you have to strive in this world, Christian hope says actually relent and rest in the goodness of God and yes. the way that he sees you. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it really is rebellious mm-hmm. in that it is, uh, it, it's relenting. Yeah. Yes. I would agree too. Also for me, a big factor and variable that was playing into this actually comes from Star Wars. Yeah. And I talked a lot about Star Wars, about yeah. Star Wars in the process. Can you hear the world with yeah. the word rebel? Like right, I yeah. Yeah, just immediately think of Star yeah. Wars. And if you have not seen Rogue One, <laughs> in so addition good. to Miracle on 34th Street, you need to watch Rogue One <laughs> because it is the best Star Wars movie, hands down, and it's not even close. It's miles above. Yeah. And I'm going to spoil it, but there's this one line from Jin or so, uh, female you know, lead, and she says this line, rebellions are built on hope. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I was like, ooh, that is, there's power mm-hmm. in that phrase. Mm-hmm. And the rebellion of hope says, I am not going to give in to everything that is pounding me down, grinding me down. I'm going to stand against it. It's not that I'm going to be hostile, but I'm going to find ways to resist. And instead of getting my own hopes up, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to place my hope in something bigger than myself. It's something mm-hmm. greater than myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. How do you have hope when you have anxiety? Mm-hmm. And yeah. does mm-hmm. hope take away your anxiety? probably important to distinguish types of anxiety. So um, clinical anxiety, I think the recommendation is obviously like help with someone who can walk with you through that Mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis. That, Mm. that would be a hopeful step actually, I think in anxiety would be to, to work through that that way. But whereas as far as the kind of like general cultural anxiety, what do you think? I think the the feeling of it, what anxiety does, it takes the things that are a problem. So suppose my hand is a problem Mm -hmm. and it's far away and right here I can right size it. But what anxiety does is it brings it close and it's like, whoa, you know, and and, um, to stand against that helps you to be able to right size the issue mm-hmm. and not in a way that's like, I can conquer it. I can do this. It's not a, it's not, um, it's not a thing that you're willing yourself into hope. Mm-hmm. It is an act. Of, it is a profound act of trust. Yeah. Yeah. It is an act of trust and saying, I am believing for something bigger and greater mm-hmm. um, to happen here. And I think hmm. there's even some science behind it. And I've, I talked about it. I, I'm not, I can't recall if you did or not in your message, but um, people who were finding hope, uh, Harvard was a Harvard human flourishing program, surveyed 13,000 people with an average age of 66. And when they were able to hope, 
Um, they had better health habits, mm-hmm. uh, better uh, just overall health. And there was yeah. even resistance to like disease and things like this. So yeah. when anxiety is plaguing you, it's plaguing you psychologically, mm-hmm. it's plaguing you emotionally, it's plaguing you spiritually, and um, it's plaguing you physically as well. Mm-hmm. And so there are good things that help with that. There's natural you know, medicines and therapies and processes, mm-hmm. and all of those things are good, but mm-hmm. so often we discount what it is doing spiritually mm-hmm. and how are we overcoming anxiety in a spiritual sense. And that's yeah. what this type of hope is able to do. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And as we're entering into, I mean, this is our Advent series, and Advent is about the coming of Jesus. Being Emmanuel, God with us. So how does that intersection of holding on to hope, where does that intersect with God saying, we want to be with you? I want to be here with you and as, as my people. So how in this season, um, as it can be such an anxious time, it can be such a rush and hurried time, how can we focus on God being with us mm. and the anticipation of that? And how can that be one of the anchors that we hold on to as we're searching for hope? Mm. Yeah. I would say there's something about this season, obviously, that that just forces people into the madness and the chaos. You've got the parties, the mm-hmm. uh, you know the corporate things you want to do. You've got friends, you've got family, you've got cooking or hosting or or plans or or gifts or things you need to be doing. And maybe first and foremost, in as much as you can, pump the brakes a little bit. Try to find ways to create margin mm. and space to breathe is probably mm-hmm. good to get some perspective. When I think about Advent and I think about the arrival of Jesus into our dark world, I think about today the ways in which we are no longer, as you know, as the Bible paints it, we're not a people under an oppressive regime, but we've found ways to oppress ourselves. We've found ways mm. to oppress our souls. And so we're um, yeah. we are trying to cope with our circumstances. We are being uh, we are being assailed by <laughs> ads and pressures and demands for our time. And we have, in more ways than one, exiled ourselves from God mm-hmm. when we've corrupted and darkened so much around us intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so hope is recognizing that God has come to set us free and that God is with us. And there is freedom within that. Mm-hmm. And so finding that space to allow that freedom and hope to grow, I think, is one of the most important things we can do. So maybe be maybe start by being mindful in this season. If you're in this season and you're on autopilot, you're finding ways to cope. You know, mm-hmm. it's no secret that if you're already in, in despair and despondency, this is a time where um, maybe you indulge a little bit too much in food or in drink. You know, you find ways to you find ways to kind of mitigate and medicate um, the circumstances around you. So pump the brakes a bit. What do you recognize what you're doing to cope instead of hope? Um, and are you able to give those things up and allow the arrival of hope in your life to grow something better? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that ties into a lot of what you said in your message about how technology isn't the enemy, but our appetites are. Right. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. so I think pulling back um, and refocusing on just yourself or a pause might bring to light what your appetite is, yeah. whether mm. that is food or technology or mm-hmm. rush or hurry or inadequacy or whatever that is. Yeah. Taking a time to pause and breathe might bring mm-hmm. that to light. And yeah. then hopefully from then you can think about what next steps would look like. Yeah. And I'll say too, if you're, if you're being plagued by something, if you're in the midst of anxiety or in the midst of despair, it's important to recognize and say, this is happening to me. And you don't, you don't forget that it's happening to you. And you don't forget that you're in the midst of it. Right. Where it becomes dangerous is where you say, this is a part of me 
as if that were all that defined you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much more for you. Um, there's hope for you on the other side of that. And I'm concerned that when we are plagued and assailed long enough by things that are dragging us down, we say, this is who I am. And not only do we, I kind of said this in the message, not only do we develop uh, an appetite for it where we can stomach it, eventually we might start to crave hopelessness and despondency yeah. without even realizing it. And that is a dangerous place to be. Um, so knowing what our appetites are, what is what is being forced onto us? And do we have the attentiveness to say no more um, or to step back from it? Yeah. I was thinking as you were saying that um, in your message, how biologically we crave what we eat. Mm. So if we keep on eating licorice (laughs) for 10 days in a row on the 11th day, like our gut biome will say, I want more licorice. And I was like, what does that spiritually look like? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, There's like this in the same way, like your body will crave something sweet uh, over time. You know, you can sort of condition yourself into mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry yeah. random rabbit trail for a minute i read a tweet the other day he said it was this guy was like my buddy gaslit himself into running marathons by every time he went for a run he put a nicotine patch on his arm and he's oh like he's on his seventh <laughs> marathon now <laughs> oh, you know wow. um, That's but funny. as funny as that is um there's a reality to it right yeah. like we can we can sort of force ourselves uh into despair and despondency without even really realizing it Josh, are you equating you a marathon with despair and despondency? I, I don't. I, I actually think if you could get out and run, I, I, from what I know about people who run regularly, like it almost can help a lot with yeah, with despair and despondency. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, these two can. are yeah. running one this weekend. Yeah, we'll, we're gonna try. We're gonna try, <laughs> yeah, boys. Yep. Let's go. Running's yeah. a stretch. Yeah. No. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Josh? What do you what, what would you say? Where um, where can we look to for hope this Advent season? Yeah, um, I think... Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is always the answer. Mm -hmm. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) Um, No, you know, something I was noticing um, when I was in Alabama this last week, uh, I was on a run and I was listening to a podcast with Rick Rubin, who's a music producer slash sage of the world these days. Like, he has a long beard, so he has very valuable Mm. things to say. Mm -hmm. And um, Shout out Keith Riley. Someone, (laughs) yeah, that's right. (laughs) Someone asked him, uh, he recently had a kid, uh, someone asked him something that he had learned, and he said he hadn't learned anything, but what he noticed is that um, his child, who I think was is one or two, is captivated by everything, and that can be really frustrating. I was with my nieces and nephews, and one of my nephews, uh, it's so funny, he, it takes him almost as long as me to tell a story. Like, it takes him such a long time and he's just like constantly, if you watch him, there are all these like micro expressions on his face all of the time because he's just like taking in everything always mm. and it slows it slows everything down. And as adults, we're like, oh my gosh, come on. Like we've got places to go. We've got to get in the car, put your seatbelt on. Um, but there's actually something really incredible to practicing presence in that sort of way mm. where you... Rick Rubin said, we as adults lose that, but we can also choose to take it back Hmm. to like be present and like be captivated and captured by the beauty all around us. And I think that's something that uh, in God being with us, like that principle extends beyond um, just like the, it 
it is absolutely Jesus came to earth, Jesus lived and died and was resurrected. Mm-hmm. But also, like, God built himself into the whole world around us. He put his image in people who we interact with. And so I think there's something really rebellious about choosing to slow and to, like, see the beauty and to look around instead of just always looking forward. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's a good word. Wow. Uh, any lingering thoughts? Anything else that you wish you would could you could have included if you had more time? I think the the tension with talking about hope is that our ultimate hope is in the resurrection of Jesus. That's like that's like the pinnacle of mm-hmm. Christian hope. And so when you're talking about hope at Advent season, <laughs> you're you're trying to hold back like even Jesus isn't here yet in quotes in a way because it's oh, this mm-hmm. like anticipated arrival and so sure. you're it's this like tension of like we can't wait for him to get here and also it's so hard not to skip to like resurrection life i don't know right. about for yeah, you yeah yeah um yeah but i think in a in a perfect world i would have loved to talk about just like the ramifications of resurrection for hope and yeah. what it means that like we as christians believe that god is making all things new mm-hmm. and so how does that belief shape how we live our lives now? I, I think it dramatically affects everything we do. It dramatically affects the way that we see people, the way that we participate in hmm. even basic things like eating. Like yeah. if we believe God's making all things new, that, that affects everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, if we had two hours, maybe I would have right. gone there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think too, you know, there's something about the imagery around Christmas and the songs that we sing where it seems like perfection, like, oh, sweet baby in a manger and the Magi giving the gifts and the, the angelic hosts and, and all the other things. Little drummer boy. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah just a drum solo during, you know, Jesus trying to sleep. Um, you know, there's something so perfect about this season where you forget the noise and the sadness and the brokenness in which Christ came. Um, and how even through his life, ministry, death, and resurrection, the world was still a very broken place mm-hmm. during and after there was hostility. I named it briefly at the end of the sermon, but I said like there were, after Jesus's ascension, you had the disciples and the followers who went on to spread this gospel, this good news to other people, and many of them paid dearly for it. Mm-hmm. Like it was yeah. still, it was still a dark world afterwards, but yeah. there are still voices crying in the wilderness for hope. Mm-hmm. There were then, and there are now, yeah. and how attentive and attuned are we to those voices bringing hope? Um, so yeah, it's there's an image of perfection around Christmas, but don't hmm. forget, it was still messy, it was still broken, it was still mm. dark, yeah. um, and that's the world we live in today. Yeah. I don't know if there's an answer to this question, shout out Wendell Berry, but um, <laughs> if, there, if I'm gonna talk to my neighbor and share about hope, who doesn't know about Jesus, how can I translate what we talked about this weekend into a, hey, how you doing? I, I'm noticing some things about, you know, this season or whatever. How, how are you doing? What can that conversation look like? How can we explain the ultimate that we hope as we see the Bible as one holistic picture being, you know, in and around that culture? Yeah. How can we explain what hope is because Jesus is coming in a couple, you know, in a conversation what tools, what tips, what advice would you give to us as we're trying to enter into those conversations? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, deep within all of us, Christian or not, there is what I called referencing Bo Burnham, that funny feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes. That um, 
things are not as they should be. Mm. And I think, like you just said, Christmas is a time where we almost say, like, we, like, put up a poster. It's like we're in a basement with no windows, and we put up a poster of a window outside, and we're like, no, 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 there it is. And you're like, no, that's not it. That's It looks prettier than it was, but it's not it. And um, so... I don't know if it, I think if it were me, I would really focus on asking questions around that funny feeling and mm. um, hmm. how someone has experienced that. Cause we, we do, we all experience it, Christian or not like, man, it's just not right. Things are not as they should be. Mm-hmm. And um, that feels like the start of the conversation to yeah. me. Yep. Yeah. I also think the more, the more, uh, perfect your life is, the harder it will be, uh, to realize that something is wrong. Mm, Um, because maybe, maybe your world is very small and that might be the hardest person to reach. But if there are folks that are in the middle of brokenness, being a faithful friend, walking alongside them, Mm -hmm. seeing what they're struggling with, talking through it. I mean, that is, that is discipleship, um, in a way that is really tangible and, um, leaning them towards the hope that Christ brings. And, I think just knowing that some problems are so big, uh, some, well, it could be a diagnosis, it could be anything where you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I, I can't do anything about it. That is the time where you can be a friend and be really super intentional and mm-hmm. find ways to bring hope. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised what the Holy Spirit will do in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think too, I mean, talking about Jesus, I don't think that you have to explain like the full like theology and like, here's exactly what Jesus did. Tim Keller talks about how, um, the, the Bible doesn't really give us answers to the question of pain and like why bad things happen. But what it does make clear at the very least is that it cannot be that God doesn't care Mm. because Jesus Mm. came to the broken world and like chose to step into the middle of it and be present in it and experience it and feel it. Mm. And so we know at the very least, like, he cares because he's present and, um, yeah, he'll make all things new. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's Emmanuel. God with us. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's great. Yeah. Um, so we're praying for you all. I'm praying for you too. And you, Jess, oh, as thanks. well. <laughs> of course. Um, but also for everyone that's tuning in with us, um, that as we are going out into our weeks, into this season, that we can really focus on slowing down. And I think that will bring up a lot of things. And if you need any prayer encouragement with that, you could text our team at 650-600-0402. Hang out with us at each campus, too. we got a ton going on. Yeah. I think we have a movie night coming up for students. Um, for families. families. Yeah. families. For families. 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 Kids, families. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. Saturday, December 3rd, 2nd. 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 Everyone, go to yes. menlo.church slash events. Yes. That's on there. Do you want yep. to talk about the student event? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then on December 9th, we have a Christmas broomball event. Um, what's so cool, if you grew up in youth group, you know what broomball is yes. for the most part. All of these kids don't know what broomball is. Like, I'm oh having to gosh. show videos explaining That's broomball. So is it a video of these? Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, but do I bring my VR headset? <laughs> no. Oh, that would actually be cool. That would VR be kind of cool. Yeah. That would be dope, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. As if broomball wasn't dangerous enough. <laughs> I know, right? It's just because exactly. growing up. Yeah. Is it on yeah. ice? Yeah, it's on yeah. ice. It's great. You play with your that shoes. Point. People are falling all over the place. Yeah. It's so much fun. I grew um, up going to Hume Lake Christian Camp down in the 
mountains and yep. they do a huge winter camp. They do broom ball, like a full on tournament. And like when I was a leader, my girls got so into it. We like made shirts and I talked in a Wisconsin accent from, um, Oh, the movie don't Miracle. you know? Yeah. I'm your coach. <laughs> I'm your like coach. Our best thing. We got second place. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You uh, take all the credit. I do take yeah. all the credit. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And then when, when I was in middle school, uh, my youth group, most of my friends, we were all on a soccer team together. Yeah. And we actually played broom ball, but they did it like on carpet with like actual brooms. Oh. Um, but we won because it was like we're used to all playing together. We know how to yeah. play together. It was really fun. And it so just removed like the variables of the ice and uh -huh. the things that actually make Hurting it yourself. challenging. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Another thing this season, we have an advent reading plan coming out that yes. it'll start. Um, actually, it's on our website already, menlo.church slash Christmas. And it starts uh, December 3rd. So it doesn't 100% align with our series, but it is a great way if you need a way to slow down and read scripture every morning. Yeah. We've got mm -hmm. those out there for you. Um, and it's just a great way to get to get to take that moment in the morning or the night, whatever, yeah. to set to calm yourself and get into the scripture. Yeah. 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 Um, at Mountain View, do we have any yeah. Mountain View specific events that are coming up? Uh, we're doing all this and more. Uh, <laughs> we have our uh, our Help One Child uh, yes. event. So yes. yeah, we're partnering to in order to get gifts to families this year, families mm -hmm. in need. It's something that we do uh, every year. Well, we work with Help One Child. The, the project itself is Giving Tree. Yep. Um, and I mean, that is always fun to see people rally. So um, if you haven't yet, uh, there's still opportunity to go to Menlo.Church, click events, go click down to Mountain View, and you're yeah. able to still get on the list, I believe, to uh, get some gifts going. Mm -hmm. And cool. and, and Help One Child families. is foster families, right? Did I say the wrong thing? No, you didn't nope. say anything. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just <laughs> yes. people want to know, yes. yeah, it's yeah, helping yeah. foster families. Um, so our campuses all did this. They're collecting gifts so yes. that on the December 9th and 10th, uh, Saratoga, San Mateo, and Mountain View are all hosting shops, mm. so the foster so parents can come and shop for the kids. Right, That's awesome. right, right. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think there's probably still opportunities to serve at that event. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Menlo dot Church slash it's Christmas slash Help One Child slash events. It's all, <laughs> you can't miss it yeah. if you go to our website. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. it's a great season to come and get involved at our church as well. If you are feeling the Christmas spirit of yeah. just wanting to help people. Um, we have plenties of opportunities for you, big and small mm -hmm. things like decorating, uh, campuses all the way up to probably hosting some of these events yeah. too yeah. and welcoming people in. So volunteer on Christmas Eve. Yes. Mm -hmm. Things like that too. Um, so shout out to Phil's coffee for the coffee this morning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Shout out to little sky, little sky bakery in Menlo park. Um, any mountain view shops that we need to shout out that you've been oh, to any recently? Mountain view shops that we need to shout out. Um, one ounce is great. One ounce is great. Yeah. So Castro, if you're ever on Castro Street in Mountain View, there's some really great options there. Um, there's another place, and I, it's messed up because I don't remember the name of it. But I'm you. going to describe it to you because Ethan has taken me there twice. Ethan's on my staff, yeah. <laughs> worship leader. Yep. And it's like a, it, it's like a, a, a place that sells plants, <laughs> but they also make coffee there. Oh, I know. Sounds, sounds like crazy. Is it on Castro? It's on Castro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and I've heard of this in Mountain View. In Mountain View. Oh, yeah. And I can't recall the name <laughs> of this. So right yeah, maybe now. you can. can but it, yeah, yeah, like you walk in and you're like, there's all these beautiful, like rare kind of plants in there, and it smells yeah. amazing. And like they've got like candles and body scrub, and then they've got like a full espresso machine Sweet. and some really really good coffee Is and it some great combinations. Bloomsgiving. Yep, that's it. Bloomsgiving. Yeah, 
Yeah, cool. Bloom's Giving. Cool. Um, wow, really cool that coffee looks shop. gorgeous. I know. Yeah, yep. Bloom's Giving. So I've never been there. Awesome. I know. We got to take a well, field that trip. That sounds great. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Um, also, big shout out to our Saratoga campus with Sam, who did our team yes. teaching there, and then Phil, who probably did a subpar job. <laughs> Yeah, he's at the San Mateo good. campus. Yeah. So, sorry, San Mateo. Um, you're welcome, everyone else. And also, shout out to our live audience today, Paul and Tina, that are here. If you want to come and hang out with us, let us know. Yay. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.